Welcome to Seeds and Ways, a podcast. I'm the Reverend Dr. Cheryl A. Lindsay, Minister for Worship and Theology for the United Church of Christ. Today I'm sharing my reflection, Accountability, based on Matthew 18, 15 through 20, which reads, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, Take one or two others along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. Accountability. Church hurt has a particularly sharp sting, perhaps because the aspirations are so high, the distance that sometimes grows from how we ought to love one another and the way we actually treat one another becomes especially hard to take. Perhaps our vision of ourselves as a beloved community makes it surprising when one of our siblings causes us hurt, harm, or offense. Perhaps it's because the church may often be the only place where we expect safety, that we are taken aback when we are wronged within the confines of that community. Community does not offer ease of relationship. Even when the participants commit to shared values, norms, and ways of being together, conflict will arise. Humans, like all living creatures, have competing interests and disagreements. Individual shortcomings, misunderstanding, and brokenness can lead to offense against another. Jesus, having extensively described a vision of the reign of God on earth, holds no illusions that human discourse and acrimony will be obliterated by the establishment of the church. The passage begins with the words, if another member of the church sins against you, which is quite a beginning. What preceded that statement? What prompted this conversation about sin? Within chapter 18, Jesus discusses sin extensively along with the parable of the lost sheep. Of note, his discourse on sin does not use an individualistic perspective. Rather, he emphasizes the relational nature of sin. Earlier in the chapter, he cautions against becoming a stumbling block to another. Here, he encourages accountability and reconciliation. The parable of the lost sheep connects these two streams of thought. Sinful behavior indicates a lost relationship. The antidote, according to this passage, is accountability, which facilitates reconciliation, a reversal of loss. Quote, chapter 18 begins the fourth teaching block in Matthew. This discourse is about the new community that is being formed. The disciples stand out, not because they are perfect, but because frail and fallible, though they be, they follow and are on the way to understanding. This discourse is directed to them as Jesus begins to form them into the new community that Matthew calls the church. Of all the gospels, Matthew alone speaks explicitly of the church. This teaching block is about how to be the church and makes it clear that discipleship is not worked out in splendid isolation, but in life together. 
What kind of community is the church? How are they to conduct their life together? Chapter 18 unfolds a distinctive vision. This new community is to be a place where the least are the greatest and the little ones come first and the lost get found. It will never be a perfect community. Even in this first reference to the church, the reader discerns that it has issues. Nevertheless, the church is to be a community where both accountability and forgiveness are practiced. These are not mutually exclusive, but in fact require one another, as the teaching in this passage will make clear. End quote, Anna Case Winters. Sin may be defined as separation from God. In other words, God is offended when we live apart from God. As Jesus begins this discourse, he affirms that sin also involves separation from one another. Living apart or lost from the community is cause and consequence of offending one another in actions or attitudes. In this case, the only repair articulated by Jesus is reconciliation. There is a presumption, in my view, that the person wronged is whole and not in need of repair beyond acknowledgement of the wrongdoing by the offender in order for reconciliation to take place. For Jesus, restoration of the community after the separating impact of sin is the priority. A broken church limits and derails the reign of God. Quote, this chapter's insistence on the central place of church as community and following Jesus challenges some contemporary understandings of discipleship. Some frame discipleship in terms of individual salvation and emphasize my personal walk with the Lord to such an extent that in actuality there's no place for or accountability to any community. While such individual understandings protect against manipulative communal practices, they have no room for the sort of humility, accountability, and interdependence envisioned in Matthew 18. The chapter's vision also challenges ecclesial understandings that see the true church constituted by particular rituals or structures of ministry, order and authority, or doctrinal tasks, or positions on social issues. That is not to say these things do not matter. Each aspect is important for ecclesial life. But in Matthew's vision, they do not matter as much as relational community that sustains and embodies disciples on the way of the cross. The chapter urges followers to nurture such communities. End quote. Warren Carter. Is a contemporary church's emphasis on individualism facilitating or prohibiting reconciliation? Is the increasing isolationism found in faith communities as much as the wider culture an offense that demands confrontation? Are we accountable to one another or not? Accountability is a necessary component of relationship. Therefore, it must be incorporated into the life of the body of Christ. Quote, the chapter turns to matters of church discipline and calls within the space of a few verses for both accountability and forgiveness. On the face of it, these seem to be in opposition to one another, with accountability making demands and forgiveness issuing grace. It will become increasingly clear, however, that in the new community they require one another, and each has unexpected aspects of the other. Accountability may entail gracious acts of truth-telling correction that aim to set things right, restoring both individuals and the community. Forgiveness places a claim on our lives, demanding that we extend to others the grace that we ourselves have received. 
end quote, Anna Case Winters. Accountability is another way to love our neighbor at the same time that we love ourselves. Note that in this instance, there is no expectation of forgiveness without acknowledgement of the wrong committed. In the process that Jesus delineates, if the offender does not listen to the offended, there is no reconciliation and the process escalates to include more community. The entire community has an interest in accountability being satisfied. While I was actively involved in reentry ministry, I studied restorative justice. In that model, as opposed to most criminal justice models, there are multiple interested parties involved throughout the process. They include the perpetrator, the victim's survivor, and or their survivors, and the community state. All have to be heard and made whole or satisfied in order to move forward. In criminal justice, the perpetrator is punished in order to satisfy the state. The survivor's perspective and need for restoration are often disregarded. In the accountability model that Jesus presents, the survivor is centered and given agency to hold their offender to account. The goal, however, is not punishment, but reconciliation. I don't think that is because Jesus does not care about restitution and repair. Rather, it reflects the emphasis of this passage, which seems to assume that safety and continuing harm is not an issue during this process. In other words, this passage does not suggest that anyone subject themselves to more hurt and harm under the guise of grace and mercy. Pursuing accountability demonstrates self-love as well as love of neighbor. Rushing past it to forgiveness only weakens the community. The church needs accountability. Those who refuse it reject the entire community and release themselves from belonging. A note of caution. This text has been weaponized to ostracize church members as leaders have exhibited power over individuals rather than facilitate the well-being and restoration of all. This has been particularly true in overemphasizing and misinterpreting human sexuality as sinful rather than God's creative and marvelous gift. Accountability is of God and of the kingdom. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The consequences of our relational status impact the kingdom. They also affect our relationship with the Holy One. Jesus is there at the first stage of private confrontation. Jesus remains present when the circle expands to a small group and when the entire body assembles for faithful and loving accountability, Jesus is among us at the center of the community. God is present in accountability. Join me on September 7th, 2023 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time for the Metamorphosis Moment, a conversation with Marsha McPhee, the first of a three-part webinar series on reimagining ritual. Marsha McPhee, Ph.D., professor, worship designer, author, preacher, and ritual artist, joins me for a conversation about the creativity and innovation needed and available to worshiping communities in this moment as the church emerges from the pandemic into the next normal. You may register for the webinar at ucc.org events. Thank you for joining me. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can find the full sermon seats entry, including a suggested congregational response Quotes for Further Reflection, Voices of African Descent, and the Roadmap for the entire season on ucc.org.
Sermon Seeds also has a Facebook page where I do a weekly Facebook Live process video in preparation for the reflection and share updates and links for Sermon Seeds, Worship Ways, and General Senate Worship. Follow us there and subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. I pray that this tool provides a seed that will bear fruit in your faith community as you proclaim the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.